and Father, we come to you and thank you, Father. Yes, Lord. Holding on to your word, my God. Lord, we declare, Father, that we are no longer a slave of fear, Father. We are children of the Most High God, the one who has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. We hold on to your truth, my God. We hold on to your word, my God. And we hold on to who we are in you. My God, no one can take that from us. The enemy can't take that from us. And as long as we focus on you and know our authority that we have in Jesus Christ, fear can't take over us. Doubt can't take a hold of us. But we will walk in the faith that you have given us, my God. We will walk in your authority, Father. We will walk in your truth, exemplifying your love, declaring who you are in our very being. And we thank you, Father. We pray that your word goes out and it will touch those who it's intended to touch, my God. Father, we pray that you decrease me as you increase, my God. Yes, Lord. Let your presence fill this place. Yes, Lord. And let us honor you with all that we are. We pray in the authority of Jesus Christ. Amen. amen. And amen. amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We all be seated in the presence of the Most High God. Today's scripture is going to find us in Genesis chapter 11, verses 1 to 9. Genesis chapter 11, verses 1 to 9. And the title of today's sermon is One Accord. And it reads, And the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar and they dwelt there. And they said one to another, go to let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and slime had they for mortar. mortar. And they said, Go to, let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach heaven and let us make us a name lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men builded. And the Lord said, behold, the people is one. They have all one language and this they began to do. And now... And now nothing will be restrained from them, which they have imagined to do. Go to, let us go down and there confound their language that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of all the earth and they left off to build the city. Therefore is the name of it called Babel. Because the Lord 
did there confound the language of all the earth, and from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of all the earth. Pray that the Lord just add a blessing to the reading of his word. Amen. As we just read, the Tower of Babel was a huge and tall tower that reached to the sky. And it was surrounded by a city. Now this tower and a city was actually built in rebellion to the commands of God. You see, in Genesis 2, God told Adam and Eve to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Then man's wickedness began to fill the earth. And God was so uh, displeased with man that he called for a great flood and he decided to start again. Noah, his wife, and his sons, and his sons' wives were the only humans that were spared. Then in chapter 9, God gives the command again to, the, to be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. So in other words, God wanted Noah and his family to spread out and fill all the four corners of the earth. But the people of the land at that time wanted to stay together. They wanted to become a great nation. They wanted to make themselves a name, according to verse 4. So the word name in verse 4 is Shem. And it means reputation, fame, or glory. So the people at that time... They wanted to make themselves of great reputation. They wanted to be great. So they had one language. And with this language, they were able to communicate their desires. They were able to have the same drive and communicate the same passion to one another. They were able to talk to one another. And so they were able to construct this city, this great tower that reached to the heavens, as the Bible described. So God looks down and he notices this. And he's looking. And he says something that is a precursor to what he plans on doing with his church. God said, the people is one. Not plural. Not the people are one, but singular. The people is one. They were so well integrated. They are so unified in their thought and deed that God recognized them as one entity. But he also recognized them as the children of men. They were not his. They were not the children of God. If you go back and look at verse 5, it says, and the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men had built. So by him calling them the children of men, 
He was saying that they're the children of flesh. Their desires are carnal. Their desires are not spiritual. Their desires are not the desires that God wants. They're not of God. And if we look at Romans 8 and 7, it reads, The carnal mind is enmity with God. And verse 8, it says, So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. So prior to building of the city and the tower, the Bible hints at their wickedness. Though geographically they were moving in the direction of east, the Bible said that they moved from the east. Now we understand that the sun rises from the east and sets on the west. In the Bible, the word east symbolizes something very special because the sun is rising on the east. It's like the, the, the glory of the Lord is rising up. Now the Bible specifically said in verse 2 that they journeyed from the east. So it's implying that they were journeying from the glory of the Lord. They were journeying from the presence of God. They were journeying from the face of God. They were turning their backs to the Lord. So they were turning their backs to the thing of God. So they were, they were delving in more of wickedness. But God notices their unity. And says that because they are unified in their efforts, because they're united in their thoughts, whatever they set out to do, whatever they imagine, they can accomplish it. So God confuses their language. God calls the group of them to speak Spanish. He calls the group of them to speak French. He calls a group of them to speak Swahili and Hebrew and German and Russian and even English and so on and so forth. Now that they have different language, they could not understand one another. They began striving. They began fighting against one another. And, and the groups that had the same language, because they had the same characteristics, they will settle in their own area. And they will split apart. And it would separate them. And each group went to a different region and they couldn't finish the building of the city. You see, when people are together, when the people were together, they were in one large community. And together, there was nothing that they couldn't accomplish. You see, the word community means a group of people living in the same place or having a particular characteristics in common. But there are also those who decide to live in silos. So the word silo is a system or process or department that operates in isolation from the others. Now, in regards to the, the people who are building the Tower of Babel in the city, Though they separated into smaller sectors, smaller communities, they were no longer able to accomplish what they were planning on doing as one big community. You see, in a community, a person has people to support them. 
they have people who are able to uplift them in tough times and hold them accountable. In a community, they have people who are able to direct them down the right path. They have common characteristics and a common focus and a common passion. People are able to put together their gifts and talents and accomplish great things. See, in a community, people are able to edify one another. And they're able to step out in boldness because they know they have their community that has their back. They have the protection of the community. The community is there to defend them. And if an enemy tries to attack, the, the, the community steps out and fight for or with the individual that's being attacked. They have the relief because they're not going to be alone, but they have someone who's able to lift them up when they're weak. They have someone who's able to give them strength when, they're, when, when, they're, when, they are have, when they have no strength. But when you're in isolation, you don't have these supports. You don't have anyone holding you accountable. You don't have anyone directing you down the right path. You don't have anyone to ask questions to when you're in hard times. You don't have anyone to speak to you and to comfort you. You don't have anyone to build you up and to edify you. And when the enemy comes to the attack. You don't have anyone who's, give, who's able to give you strength because you're getting tired of fighting by yourself. You're getting tired of being beaten on. You're getting tired of being stomped on. You don't have that support from the community when you're in isolation. And people who are in isolation tend to be the ones to give up on life. They tend to be the ones to give up on their dreams. They tend to be the ones that, that just want to end it all. They, they walk away from God. Those people who are in isolation. So, when they feel that they're alone, when they can no longer take the lies of the enemy, they have the community to reinforce the truth to them. When they're tired of fighting and being beaten up, they have the community to fight for them and bear one another's burdens. That's why from the very beginning, God established that it was not good for man to be alone. And if we look at Matthew 16, when, and, and it states that when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? So this is Matthew 16, verses 13 and 18. And Simon says, some say you're John the Baptist, some say you're Elias, and others say you're Jeremiah and other prophets. And Jesus turned to him and said, who do you say that I am? And Peter said, you are Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him and said, blessed you are Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it to you, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say to you that you are Peter. And upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now we have to understand that the word church in the Greek is ecclesia. And ecclesia means, in its generic sense, a gathering together of citizens and an assembly. 
So from the very beginning, God was trying to establish his church. His, he was trying to establish a gathering together of his assembly. People coming together in unity. People coming together in one accord, having one mind and one focus. From the very beginning, God wanted to do this, but in the right way. So God has the ability to be people of different nationalities, of different languages, different ethnicities, together in one accord. Now we have to understand that the word accord in the Greek is pronounced homo to maron if I pronounced it correctly. But it means of one mind and one passion. So homo thumadon is derived from two words. The first word is homu, which means together, or speaking of persons assembled together. The second root word is thumas, which means passion angry or something boiling up and soon subsiding. So to get a better understanding of Thumas, you have to understand, have you ever found yourself in a situation where you receive some information? And because you received that information, you became very passionate, maybe even upset and gotten angry. But you became so passionate and, and developed such strong emotions to the point that you began to do something about it. You began to work and try to make the situation better. You began to passionately move and bring awareness to the situation. Whatever it was, it caused you to become so passionate that you began to move. Now that's the idea behind Dumas. And now homo thumaron, the Greek word for chord means of one mind and one passion. So now when we say of one mind, it means of one thought process and one focus. So th this word passion means of something like or similar to or similar in affection. So in a sense, one accord is in essence, it means people assemble together with similar affection with one focus and strong passion. So you may be wondering why, where am I going with all this? Why I started out with the Pop Tower of Babel and why I'm talking about uh, people coming together and assembly and things of the sort. So now we are at a time where the coronavirus is plaguing everyone. It's plaguing the world right now. And people have been asked to sequester themselves. They've been asked to isolate themselves. They, they, they're, they're being asked to stay away from one another. You, you can't even interact with one another. You gotta stay at a certain distance from the person next to you. And, and it's bringing fear. And it's bringing doubt. And, and it's bringing people to question where's God and bringing people to question Where's the church? But we are the church of God. Amen. 
The enemy, we have to look at this with spiritual eyes. The enemy wants to cause the people of God to separate. Because when we come together and when we pray, when we unify in prayer, when we worship our God in one accord, the devil knows that things happen. When we come together in prayer, he knows that things are going to move. When we come together in prayer, he knows his plans are going to be thwarted. When we come together in prayer, he knows his lies are going to be exposed. So now he's trying to cause us to separate. He's trying to cause churches to close their doors. He's trying to cause people to be behind closed doors and not interact with one another and sit back in a corner and fear and not fall on their knees and pray to God in one accord. He, 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 wants, to, he wants to cause our passion to dwindle, our desire, our focus to change and not be on the things of God. The enemy is trying to cause the church to stay quiet. Because he knows that when we come together in prayer, that there is nothing impossible for us. And, and if we look at Acts chapter 12, so Acts chapter 12, it starts out in the states that, and, and I'm paraphrasing that, Herod at that time decided to persecute the followers of Christ. So he had James, the brother of John, killed, and he took Peter, and he put Peter in prison. And, and Peter, the Bible says that Peter was in prison sitting between two guards chained his arms were chained and then on the gate there was another guard and then and then the gate to the prison there was another guard and it said that the people the people of the church it said the church the assembly the ecclesia the people coming together in one accord under Christ they began to pray fervently they began to pray without ceasing and then at night Peter was asleep and because of their prayer an angel came and hit Peter, tapped Peter, and said, Peter, hurry up and get up. And the chains that had him bound fell off. The guards were still asleep. And then the, the angel uh, the angel opened the door, and Peter followed him out because of their prayer. What I'm trying to say is that even in the midst of their affliction, they did not separate. They did not run. They did not go into their own corners, but they came together and prayed. During this time of the coronavirus, we need to stop trying to go into our little silos. We need to stop trying to sequester ourselves. We need to stop trying to go into isolation, but we need to sit back and come together in prayer because there's power in prayer, and the enemy knows that when we come together in prayer, the atmosphere is going to move. The enemy is defeated, and he knows that the things that he was trying to do on this earth will stop and a revival will come and people will be saved and people will come to God and people will be healed and people will be delivered and chains will be broken and walls shall be falling down and anything that has people bound shall be loosed in the name of Jesus Christ and the enemy knows this that's why he sent this virus and he's trying to send confusion and he's trying to send fear but the Bible said I have not given you the spirit of fear but a power supernatural power of love and a sound mind and so just imagine so just imagine the people the people who are building the tower of Babel who are building the city if God said these people of carnal mind because they came together are still able to do whatever that they imagine. Imagine how it is for the children of God when we come together. That's why the enemy is working so hard to keep us separated. 
That's why the enemy's working so hard. This, this, this person starts this church over there, and this person starts this ministry over here, and they never speak to one another. And, this, and these two people or these two churches or these two denominations are arguing over each other for something trivial when their soul's being lost. And the thing about, the thing about being in Christ, the thing about having Christ as your God. You see, the people in the Tower of Babel, for them to come together, they had to actually be near one another. They had to be in the same geographical location in order to call themselves a community. But the thing about it, we are in Christ. And when we're in Christ, we don't necessarily have to be at the same location, but we have to be of the same mind and the same focus. So I can be in the same mind and the same focus with somebody in Sudan. I could be of the same mind and same focus with somebody in Iraq. I could be of the same mind and same focus with somebody in, in Colombia or, or in California. Let's see, so all we need to do is just speak a word. You see, Jesus spoke a word and people were healed. See, we could speak a word and join our prayers together with people in Saudi Arabia. We can speak a word and join our prayers together with people in Ghana. We could speak a word and join our prayers together with people in Turkey. We could speak a word and join our prayers together with people in Sri Lanka. We could speak a word and join together with people join our prayers together with people in Alaska. When we're together baptized in Christ, all we have to do is pray. All we have to do is seek the face of the Lord our God. We can't let chaos split us. We can't let turmoil separate us. We can't let it we, but we can allow it to bring us together. Just like when Herod persecuted the people who followed Christ, they didn't run away, but they came together. They did not separate, but they came together under one roof, under one banner, under one God, under one Jesus Christ, in prayer, lifting up one another. We need to do the same. We need to pray for the lost. We need to pray for those who are affected by this virus. We need to pray for the for those who are plagued by sin, we need to pray for those who are hand or who, who are handcuffed by by sickness. We need to pray for the followers and for our fellow brothers and sisters who have who've been persecuted, the the ones who have died in the name and for the sake of Jesus Christ. We need to pray not just for our home, but for our community and our nation. We need to pray for the world. We need to pray for everyone to come together in one mind, one voice, and that's the voice of Jesus Christ. Just like the children of men were able to accomplish all they set out to do. We, as Christians, we, as followers of the way, we, as people who love and follow and understand Jesus Christ is our God and our Savior, we must come together in one accord, yes. one mind, yes. one name. Yes. The name above all names. And that name. Is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Let us all stand. Lord God of Heavenly Father, Jesus, we thank you, Father, for calling us to be yours, for bringing us together in your body, Father. Father, we, we, we thank you for 
the authority that you have given us, Father. We thank you for your word, my God. We thank you for your strength. Father, we just thank you for you. You have conquered this world. You have overcome death. And, you, and, and you're seated and caused us to be seated with you in heavenly places. Father, help us, Father, just to have our mind to be like yours. To be not conformed to this world, but transformed by the renewing of our minds, Father. So that we can focus on the things that you want us to focus on, my God. And not fear. And not doubt. My God. To, to bring back the power to the church, my God. So we can go to the hospitals and pray over the sick. We can look at the news and say, Corona, who is all about Jesus? Because you've given us the authority. You said all these signs shall follow those who believe. Father, cause us to believe. Help our unbelief. Father, I pray that we bring back healing. Yes, Lord. I pray back we bring back deliverance. Yes, Lord. Father, I pray back we bring back holiness. Yes, Lord. So we can walk correctly, talk correctly, speak correctly, Father. So when people see us, they can glorify our Father in heaven. Father, work in our hearts. Change our minds. Help us to be more and more like you each and every day. Bring back your power. The church, the church cannot be hid. The world needs you, our Savior. Help us to be the witness, the representative that you've called us to be. Have trust in you that when we seek you first in your kingdom, that everything else will be added unto us. So we don't have to go run and try to accomplish things that you will take care of. And we can just put our complete focus, our passion, our drive, our desire on you. We thank you, Father. We honor you. Bring back your power. In Jesus' name we pray.